Coming up, the Mountain Between Us director Haney Abu Assad talks about the orgasmic style of filmmaking he used in the movie. Then the director of Blade Runner 2049, Denis Villeneuve, talks about the words of wisdom he received from Sir Ridley Scott. His advice was, uh, don't fuck it up. <laughs> this is a very, very risky movie because it's depending on just two characters. And if the actors are not good, you're fucked. And I needed uh, someone that I will have the uh, charisma big enough to be in front of Harrison Ford and, don't, uh, and not melting, you know? I needed yeah. a, a real movie star. It's so beautiful to watch. Uh, uh, things happened spontaneously in a way that it will feel so genuine it's so it's an orgasm actually to watch these kind of uh, 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 shots be made hey folks welcome to the house of kraus i'm richard kraus come on in shut the door behind you leave the cold air out come inside where it's cool well at least in my head anyway it's a very hip, kind of cool place to hang out, the House of Kraus. Get yourself a seat at the bar, pour yourself a Negroni, don't forget the orange slice, it's the best part, and sit back and enjoy the conversations as they fly through the air. A little bit later on, Denis Villeneuve will swing by. If you pay attention to the credits at the movies that you know and love, you'll have seen his name at the beginnings of movies like Arrival, which you loved last year, was nominated for Academy Awards, and soon you'll see it at the beginning of Blade Runner 2049. We'll get to that in just a little while. First up, though, I want you to meet the director of The Mountain Between Us. His name is Hani Abu Assad, and he's made a mountain survival movie, but this one's just a little bit different. Mountain survival movies usually end up with someone eating someone else to stay alive. And while this movie does have the usual mountain survival kind of elements, there's a plane crash, a showdown with a cougar, there's some broken bones. Uh, luckily for fans of the stars, Idris Elba and Kate Winslet, cannibalism is not on the menu. I started off this conversation by talking with Haney about casting a movie like this. You've got two actors on screen for 99% of the time. How do you find the right two people? This is a very, very risky movie because it's depending on just two characters. And if the actors are not good, you're fucked. So yes, the process went very, very long and uh, thoughtful. Uh, at the end, we came up with uh, Idris and Kate after we saw them at the BAFTA together. Re when they, were they presenting uh, or something? Or? They were presenting. and. We were like, you know, throwing all kinds of names, like, oh, I don't want to say that, yeah, yeah. with this, like making kind of, and is it like going to be one and a half hour looking to, it, to them, like 100 minutes looking to them, and, and still you can't, you, you know, you can't get enough. Yeah. The moment we saw Idris and Kate together on the stage, immediately you think, this is the movie I want to see. <laughs> there is fire between these two that uh, make us all realize, the studio producers and me, this is the actors we want. And then you have to convince them to do it because they may have had misgivings, right? This is a lot of pressure on them. Was it easy to bring them on board? Uh, I mean, yes, it's yeah. not easy in the sense of like, still you need to, you know, you send them the script, you meet them and, but actually, yes, actually, after they read the script and after they saw my movies and after they 
meet me, uh, they realized, oh wow, we're gonna make a good movie here. So let's do it. Yes, yeah. it was a little, relatively easy. Yeah, and you shot in Canada, in Western Canada. Yes. And tell me a little bit about that. Was it as remote as it looks in the film? Uh, was it as cold as it looks in the film? Yeah. Uh, because I know that in cold weather, cameras you know seize up and things happen. So there, there must have been challenges there, maybe. My God, it's this movie is so 100% real. Nothing being painted there as uh, no, all the snow is real. All the snow is pristine snow. Yeah. All of it. So yes, but this comes with a price. For example, you can't shoot long days. It's just six hours a day. Otherwise, you will be beaten up from the cold. Like. Even people will tell me, yeah, you know what, in Chicago or, I, I don't know, in Montreal, we used to the cold. you used to the cold, like, what, 10 minutes going from your car to your home? Yeah. Or, what, five minutes walk in the cold? <laughs> you stay six hours outside? Come on, just maybe some workers do that, but mostly you are, like... So six hours in the cold has, has a toll. Equipment can't work in such a... So we had to let the cameras uh, on 24 hours, 24 hours. Just to make sure, because if they seized up, then... At the moment you stopped, it needs hours to to warm them in normal environment to start again. So all our cameras were working 24 hours. Some equipments can freeze that in a way that you can't even move, you can't even touch, you know. So, and also it's high alt- altitude, so almost no oxygen. Yeah. All these things uh, makes you really suffer, but it's worth it because if you look at the picture, you feel like, oh my God, this is an epic. And it's worth that we went through all these difficulties to make this movie. It's like Lawrence of Arabia, only with yes. snow instead of the, exactly. the, the expanse of sand. Exactly. Because right? you can't fake that, can you? I mean, no. you could have, I suppose, done computer effects or something but it doesn't feel the same does it no for sure you can uh, shoot green screen yeah believe me it's it's nowadays most of the movies being shot green screen but you won't make the same decisions if you are in a studio in a green screen comfortable as genuine as you want them to be because when you are called as a director and you are in the real element uh, you will make your decision like precisely according to that situation. So I think it will be a completely different movie and it will feel like, oh, being, it's a relaxed movie. Yeah. You know? yeah. While now we have, every decision I made was like very economical decision that will fit the storytelling and the narrative and the emotions. It, is that suffering for your art? Is that an example of that? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think not suffering in the sense of just physicality, you yeah. know. Uh, you, you challenge yourself in these kind of elements. Uh, is makes you also mentally like uh, uh, be hyperactive right. because you can't afford to make a mistake. This is the right, like hypervigilant. You want to yeah. be in the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In order, because if any mis- any kind of mistake, you can't go back even there. Yeah. To, you can't. Like that's it, you have one chance to make. Some scenes, they have just one take. You can't afford, because it's a pristine snow. Yeah. And the moment you go there, that's it. You, yeah. you have to, yeah. yeah. 
there is so many there is so many scenes in this is one take because you can't afford two yeah. takes and and is that uh, I mean I think I know the answer to this but is that frustrating or is it kind of liberating like you know everything rides on this one thing so let's all let's come together and make it happen no it's not frustrating at all it's ve it's very tiring yeah. but not frustrating because you're uh, extreme adrenaline yeah. is tiring because <laughs> right, right, right. But it's so beautiful to watch uh, uh, things happen spontaneously in a way that it will feel so genuine. It's so uh, it's a, an orgasm actually yeah. to watch these kind of uh, 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 shots be made. Right. It's a different kind of survival film, I think, than we've seen in the past. You know, we've seen Alive and a few others where people end up eating one another and, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? It's a different, but this has a different thing. This is really more about uh, the people and, and not just their will to survive, but their, their will to, to be loyal to one another, to fall in love, I don't want to give anything away, but you know, they're, 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 it's a much more personal, I think, survival drama than we normally see. Yes, uh, and this is why I want to do this movie, because the combination between survival and romance, it's very original. Yeah. So I could uh, make, you know, I could, I could make a different survival movie, which is on the service, it's uh, the survival movie, but in deep in the, tar uh, the heart of the movie, it's about love and about the spirit of human beings. On the other hand, it's an opportunity to make an inter entertaining movie. Yeah. You know, it's a very entertaining, but also sophisticated movie that in a poetic way tells the, the meaning of life, you know. And, and, and this is why uh, this movie was so appealing to me. I'm glad they didn't eat the dog. <laughs> you know, you have to. You know, you wonder what would you do in these situations. You're in this yeah. this incredible situation that you know we, none of us or very few of us will ever be in, and you wonder yeah. how you would react. And and you know, I think that sometimes the Alex character played by Kate Winslet behaves kind of strangely. I mean, she talks to the dog. She seems, but I think that your mind protects you somehow when you're in these really grim situations. I think your mind uh, uh, pushes you in a, in, in a different way so that you don't freak out, so that you don't, you know, uh, completely go off the rails. I think your mind has a way of finding a level with, with Kate's character, with Alex. It seemed like talking to the dog, don't you look at me like that, she says at one point. Yeah. There's a few times she speaks to him, yeah. is a way of, of diffusing the tension that she exactly. must Humor also as a way of diffusing. And this is real, by the way, because I went through extreme circumstances in my life. I know that you won't believe that humor will be part of survival. Because normally you think, oh, you can't. I mean, you're going to panic. Yes, you're going to panic, but also your mind will protect you of panicking by making it light. Otherwise, if you don't make it light, you're gonna die. Yeah, yeah. So yes, these things is very normal. Actually, it doesn't. It's, it seems on the outside like oh, this is not what I expected. But this is why we are doing a movie because it's yeah, not right. it's not according to your expectation. Yeah. It's according to uh, you know experience of people who went through this and yeah. can tell you stories about it. 
Did it's you amazing. meet people that had done this? Yes. Or have been in similar situations? Yes. Okay. And and uh, I mean, it can't. It must be fairly rare, isn't it? Yeah, but but there is some like I I met uh, two guys that they were up in these not other mountains yeah. but they were lost yeah. in the wildness and they had to find a way you know to to survive and they tell you all the they, like they tell you they they laughed together like more than any because they start to laugh about their death yeah you start to yeah. laugh and like yeah. can you believe this you kind believe? of situation yeah. 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 So well, yes, but they told us uh, how they survive and the hunger and the feeling of hunger, the feeling of cold, the feeling of fear, and how fear can get you, and if it gets you, it can kills you, and uh, and the different reaction that you think, okay, no, 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 maybe this way, and no, 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 maybe this way, like which way are we gonna go? Yeah, yeah. Well, and different reaction. The one thinks that we should stay, and the one should no, we should yeah. walk. Yeah, I, I find it interesting in the film that Kate's character is the one that says we should walk, but she's the one with the uh, with the broken leg. Yes. You know? This contradiction, you know, makes it very um, interesting movie because you don't expect the woman, the one they want, she wants to, <laughs> but she, Especially her legs is injured. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Mountain Between Us opens this week, stars Idris Elba and Kate Winslet. Makes you think, what would you do if you were forced to eat one of them just to stay alive. Actually, it doesn't do that. It's more of a romance. Uh, you'll find out about it. It's, I described it in my review as Lawrence of Arabia, only with snow instead of sand. Up next, though, here's Denis Villeneuve. This movie, I don't think anything opening against this movie this weekend has a chance. So here we go. Blade Runner 2049. Blade heads hoping to learn intimate details about the continuation of Ridley Scott's classic 1982 sci-fi detective masterwork are going to be a little disappointed here. I'm treating Blade Runner 2049 like a high-tech crying game. Do you remember that one? In that one, the tagline was, it's the movie everyone's talking about, but no one is giving away its secrets. So, spoilers for the movie will likely be available on Twitter about... 0.00001 nanoseconds after the film's first public showing, so you can check there if you want intimate details about the movie. You won't find them here. What I can tell you is the movie is set 30 years after the events of the first movie. Uh, Ryan Gosling is Los Angeles Police Department Officer K. He's a Blade Runner who hunts down and eliminates rogue humanoid androids called replicants. When he makes a startling discovery in the field, his supervisor, played by Robin Wright, sends him to track down the only person who can help save humanity. That's retired Blade Runner Rick Deckard. Of course, that's Harrison Ford. That's all I'm going to tell you about this. It's a beautiful-looking movie. It is simultaneously lush but austere. Uh, Roger Deakins has done an unbelievable job of bringing this back to life. Uh, beyond that, though, hang tight. The reviews for this are going to be stellar, and they're going to be everywhere soon enough. I won't bore you with mine right now. Let's get to my conversation with Denis Villeneuve. Did Ridley Scott give you any advice at all, or were you seeking any advice from him? Uh, he, his advice was, uh, don't fuck that up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, 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 uh, the, no, he gave me, no, seriously, he... Uh, 
had a, a nice first meeting with him where uh, because I needed to uh, hear from him that it was okay for him that I will uh, take the helm of, of, mm-hmm. uh, of uh, this project. Um, basically, I would say that uh, I felt that his concern were about... Uh, I think it was important for me that I protect some mysteries. Mm-hmm. Like... Uh, uh, you know, just to evoke or to 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 uh, suggest ideas. Sometimes instead of showing things, a bit like uh, our replicants are made, uh, the the off-world colonies. Uh, say it's like uh, the first Blade Runner, uh, that beautiful intimate approach where you were just behind uh, Rick Baker's shoulders and uh, Roy Batty. It was a, a, a science a, a science fiction movie with a lot of scopes, shot just at uh, at the human level. And to keep that that relationship with humanity and intimacy, and I think that that was uh, uh, the thing that were I, uh, I agreed right from the start. To of course, uh, uh, making a Blade Runner movie, you have to be in that spirit too. Otherwise, it wouldn't wouldn't be a, a Blade Runner movie. Well, do you think that the reason that the movie has lasted for so long, the original movie now has lasted for so long, is that it, it's about what defines us as a human being? It's about self-examination is 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 that it is that what we're seeing because as i was writing about your version of it yesterday i i I kept saying things like you know it it doesn't feel like a sci-fi movie to me it felt like a human movie that had elements of our lives that are just exaggerated joy i think is uh just siri only taken to the logical extreme yeah, Nathan, I, I will ask you, please, to be very careful with spoilers. Uh, I, I am, the, the, yeah. The, the, sorry about that. It's just, but uh, uh, I will say that, uh, yeah, the thing is that why, that's why I was uh, uh, attracted uh, and, and uh, impressed by the screenplay uh, uh, right at, at the first reading. is just that I felt that there was a potential to, to tell a very strong story about the uh, human condition, about uh, uh, our relationship with technology, about the, what are the limits of humanity in, uh, with technology, and it's like a, a, it's a, a timeless questions that were already very present in the first movie. But I thought that it made sense to bring back those questions today, 30 years later, where our relationship with technology evolved so much. You know, at the time when the first Blade Runner was released, it was the birth of a. It was a time when we were starting to see personal computers mm-hmm. homes you know it was the very the very early beginning of that uh, uh, electronic revolution you know uh, home uh, and and um, now today it's a totally different world so it, it um, yeah and, and so your approach would have had to be a little different as well than it would have been originally for Ridley Scott because we're so much more attuned to our technology and our relationship to it is so much stronger than it once was. No, it, it, uh, there's elements of the movie that, uh, you know, when you make a science fiction movie, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a mirror of today. It's, it's nothing else than, than, than uh, an, uh, uh, an exploration of, uh, our, of today. So, mm-hmm. uh, so, yes, of course, the movie is different. Hello? Hello, Richard. Oh, hey, you're back. No, sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. Take it. There was another phone call, so I didn't want to, uh, it to be distracting, and I uh. pushed the wrong button. <laughs> so I, I was, in fact, doing an interview with someone that was not understanding a word of what I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was talking. Something I realized. 
I'm not talking to Richard anymore. I'm talking to an unknown person. Well, uh, and I love that we were talking about our relationship to technology, and the cell phone kind of went south on us. <laughs> exactly, that tells a lot about the, where we are. Yeah. <laughs> so Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, I was talking about the the 1982 movie. I had never seen anything like it before when it came out. It it, it felt like a detective movie, but it was a sci-fi movie. I I, I it, it was a, a deeply humanist movie. It was really something different, and it, it it has stayed with me all these years. What was it about you? Was it the visuals? Was it the 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 well, fact the, that it's the, about the, something? The, the, it was like uh, um, for me, it was uh, some. Things that you mentioned, that kind of hybrid of a of a film noir, uh, detective story with sci-fi. It was there was some some uh, the world that was depicted in the in the first movie was it was the first time that I had the feeling that I was seeing a, a, a serious vision of what could be our future, mm-hmm. and and uh, like uh, in a way that I, I had never seen before, and and. Uh, there was so much poetry involving the characters, and and uh, there was like a strength in the vision. It's a, it's a, a very singular, very unique, and the themes involved in the. It's just a, at the time I was like a, a science fiction addict, and for me it it became an instant classic. I mean, when I saw it, I was like in, uh, so much impressed. I deeply loved the movie uh, right away. You've gotten the job to do this. If your teenage self could talk to you, what would he say to you? Uh, to to uh, uh, no, the thing is that uh, I will say that uh, those years were years of uh, I, uh, uh, my strength was dreaming. You know, I right. dream, dreamed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Uh, uh, it was like the I spent the first years of my life more in dreams than in reality. So it's like uh, I I I. Uh, I, uh, there's like a, a lot of dreams that uh, I had back then that are in, still inspiring me today, and it's like uh, it was like uh, yeah, that's what I will say. Yeah, well, uh, you can see it on the screen. Uh, the thing again about the first film is that there's a melancholy to it, which it, it absolutely is is carried forward here. It, this movie feels like it grew organically out of the first film. It 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 feels like a Blade Runner movie, but it feels different at the same time. But the one thing that, or one of the things that binds them, I think, is the kind of sense of melancholy and, and gloom, which I think, again, was fairly new uh, in 1982. Why was that important for you to continue that here? Well, but I'm very happy that you noticed this. I mean, because it's, for me, it was one of my main uh, goals. It was to, uh, when people were asking me, what what is your... Uh, Main object, I said, to bring to uh, to try to capture on screen the same beautiful melancholia. I'm not saying that I did the same, but I, I said to try to to bring that back because for me, it's, uh, melancholia is, a, is an emotion that I'm very fond of. I mean, it's like something that uh, uh, is is a. Uh, uh, and it's something that's very uh, 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 deep inside me, and, mm-hmm. and uh, I, it, it resonates so much when I, I saw the first movie. It was one of the, ma- the main quality that I loved, and, and uh, I, I, uh, it was one of the main quality that I wanted to be in the movie. Uh, it's uh, yeah, definitely. So uh, I have to ask you about this because I am the world's biggest David Bowie fan 
And was he really considered? Were you? Was that who you had in mind initially uh, for the Jared Leto role? I, I, I have to be very precise here because to, to uh, uh, it's something that I said at a French conference once uh, because people were asking me questions right. about casting, and uh, it's true that uh, my uh, uh, our my my first idea desire for Neander Wallace was David Bowie. The mm -hmm. thing is that uh, for several reasons, it's an artist that I have a tremendous uh, respect for and it's an actor that I love too. Yeah. And 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 uh, for me, it, it, when this idea came uh, on the table, uh, that I, I, for me it was like a perfect um, fit because First, it would have it would have been uh, great for the part, but he also he, he represents something that I think there's a lot of David Bowie in the first Blade Runner, mm -hmm. and and uh, but uh, sadly, sadly, he, he, as we all know, he he passed away uh, uh, when we had the idea, and, and uh, the, but I never talked to David Bowie. I never uh, had the chance to approach right. him with the idea. Uh, it was too late, too quickly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had to. I had to know. As I say, I'm the world's biggest David Bowie fan. I had to know. So I'm glad you cleared yeah, that up. Okay. Okay. Saying this, I must say that it was a long uh, uh, morning process for me. Uh, uh, about because uh, the dream was so strong mm -hmm. about him, and uh, honestly, it's like for me, but. Um, when Jared Little came on board with a lot of passion and a lot of commitment, he, he really blew my mind, and I'm very proud of what he did, and I hope I will have the chance to work with him again. And we're almost out of time, but I just ask you, why Ryan Reynolds uh, for the, the lead role? But in fact, uh, if I meet Ryan Gosling... Oh, oh my God! <laughs> like, uh, That's between what? us, okay, because uh, you will have a bomb under your car. <laughs> So Ryan Gosling. Ryan, yeah. Why Ryan Gosling? Yeah. Well, Ryan, Ryan is, is um, several reasons. First, it, it's uh, uh, when people ask asking questions. The first thing is that he's a fantastic actor. Yeah. You know, someone that can convey a lot on the screen with uh, just moving uh, an eyebrow. You know, it, with Ryan, it's like uh, you see a, a spectrum of emotions, very subtle emotions, very precise emotions. With a, a minimum amount of of of, uh, of uh, movement, I will say, of, right. of, of uh, is a, and and I needed that. I needed that kind of a taciturn, uh, a quiet strength, and I needed uh, someone that I will have the uh, charisma big enough to be in front of Harrison Ford and don't, and not melting, you know, and he yeah. did a, a real movie star because I knew that at one point he would be face to face with, with uh, the big, one of the biggest stars of all time. <laughs> and I, I needed someone that uh, had the same, the same kind of a strong, strong charisma and camera. But at the end of the day, it's just I need a strong actor that will bring the, the there's a, something, uh, uh uh, Ryan is a very sensitive actor, and that that melancholia, I, I, it's, mm -hmm. I think I thought it will he will be able to bring it bring this on on camera. That's Denis new bringing back Blade Runner for a new generation. Both The Mountain Between Us and Blade Runner 2049 open this week in theaters. I have a feeling though, I know which one you're going to go see. 
My thanks to Haney Abu Assad and to Denis Villeneuve for coming by, but as always, my biggest thanks goes to you. Thanks for coming by every single week. We put a new show up every Monday. You never know who's going to be here, so come by and see us again. Stop by, have a Negroni, and maybe meet one of your favorite people.